Driven by design. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you the future of car design. One conversation at a time with the man who knows just about everybody in the business, Brian Thompson. Welcome, sir. Hello, hello. Good morning. Today, we are shifting from four wheels to two wheels. <laughs> We've got a special guest, Don DiCosanza of Pedigo. And uh, Don, introduce yourself. Say hi to our viewers. Hello, everyone. My name is Don DiCostanzo. I'm the founder and CEO of Pedigo Electric Bikes. And for those who don't know, Pedigo Electric Bikes are one of the coolest bikes in the market right now. Uh, you can go anywhere. You can even rent them. They have stores opening all over, right, Don? Like you're, it's a, you guys are growing very quickly. Yeah, we had uh, we had about 100 stores at the beginning of coronavirus. We're up to 150 now. So we've 50%. Uh, we got another 50 in the works. So we will have doubled our sales, uh, our store locations in the next it day. makes a lot of sense i mean you know if you think about uh people still needing to travel in a very strange time but maybe shorter distances i can see why your timing would be perfect for where uh, the pandemic because a lot of people are at home so don tell us a little bit um so <clears throat> this show is always about inspiration and 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 people doing something very unique with their talents and skills that they actually sometimes are often surprised has been so successful what inspired you to do pedigo well, no one's more shocked about me being in the bicycle business. If you asked me 15 years ago and told me I'd be in the bike business, I would have told you you're crazy because I, I know nothing about it. I still know next to nothing about it, but the business we're in is not necessarily the business of bicycles or electric bicycles. We're in the business of providing people uh, a recreational tool, something they can have fun with, something they can get some exercise with, and something that's a great social uh, platform because uh, part of owning an electric bike is the community that you become part of. So I was inspired because I lived at the top of a hill and I too was in the automotive business. I, I worked for a the largest chain of properly owned uh, automobile dealerships at the time and I had a lot to do with their fixed operations department. And uh, nice. that was a little bit on the boring side. So um, I got the opportunity to try an electric bike. I liked it. I bought six or seven that first year found out that there weren't any real retailers in, in, in the United States, in California particularly. I bought my uh, first few bikes from a retailer in New York City who bragged on their website that their number one market for their electric bikes was in California. And I thought that was kind of backwards. A New York City store selling to the com California community. I live yeah. in California, so I opened a, an electric bike shop in, in Newport Beach, California in 2007. And uh, I sold electric bikes, electric scooters, electric skateboards, electric golf carts, and I even had an electric car in there, the Zen, Z-E-N-N. -N. Since they're oh, defunct, cool. they went out of business. But that's what inspired me to get going. But I was frustrated by the quality and, most importantly, the design of the bikes that I was being supplied and decided just to strike on my own and start a company to do nothing but offer electric bikes, much like Tesla did when they started getting in the business of just selling electric cars. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, you started to, you alluded to a little part of your story that I think is interesting. You said you lived on the top of a hill. Does that mean that you needed a bike to go down the hill? <laughs> exactly, just the opposite, of course. So, you know, I love to ride my bike down the hill to the beach, but I hated to ride it up. So I would go into my garage ah, and I would look yes. at my car and I would look at my bike and say, the bike looks like a good idea now, but it's not gonna be when I need to ride back up the hill. So I would, I would take the car until i right, got an electric right. bike and then i discovered it's more fun to ride up a hill on an electric bike than it is down a hill i bet it is a lot fun to ride up a hill 
especially if you're um, if you've had a nice long day at the, the beach or yeah, you know, hanging out with some friends. <laughs> or, or, quite a or, challenge or, to do it without a motor. Or perhaps enjoying some adult beverages. Yes, I have often been amazed at the human mind's ability to navigate balance and two wheels after a few adult beverages. It's easier. It's a it's remarkable easier. machine that we live it's in. It's easier. <laughs> Um, very cool. So, to, um, and I love that you've had this history in the automotive industry. You've had both side by side to, you know, to really, it's, it's kind of like your period of research before you launched this, but it was also just your life, which is kind of nice, right? It was setting you up for this uh, beautiful thing you're doing. Tell me about the Pedego bike. What makes it special in your eyes to, to the other ones? Well, um, you know, to a certain degree, a bike's a bike. It's a matter of personal style, just like an automobile. So we have all mm -hmm. different brands and all different styles. Same thing is true in the bike industry. And there's categories. You know, we we live at the beach, so we like a cruiser bikes. And in our right. number one store, and our first store opened up in Huntington Beach. That's obviously, you know, they call it surf capital of the world, but I call it beach cruiser capital of the world because everybody right. there rides a beach cruiser. So our first models were beach cruisers, and we wanted that Schwinn. 1950s, oh. 1960s style, retro style, to be integrated in the bike. And part of the design process was not to ugly the bike up by putting a big ugly battery in the middle of it. So we mm -hmm. decided to engineer. So, do. so we yeah. decided to engineer it on the back of the bike and put it in a rack because the rack is functional. So by putting the battery in the rack and and building the bike, the rack when we build the bike, it makes a much more rigid frame than it was to add a rack to it. And more to the point, it ends up allowing people to use it as storage for carrying things when they go to the beach, such as a beach towel or, or a six pack or, or lunch or whatever they want to carry. Or a little dog. And a dog, <laughs> right? Well, that, that, that usually they go on a, in a trailer or on the front of the bike. Oh, interesting. Uh, but, but, but also you can cover up that whole battery apparatus and the motor by hanging a paneer bag, you know, a two-sided uh, right. saddlebag on it and make it look like it doesn't even look like a bike. So it's really easy to disguise it if you don't want anybody to know it's electric. You can't do that in a lot of designs because they put this big, ugly battery and they just mount it in the middle of the bike like, hey, this is a cool bike. Let's make it ugly by hanging a battery in the yeah, middle of it. Yeah, it's kind of an afterthought, right? Exactly. Um, I wonder, yeah. Does it affect the center of gravity being back there or not really, not noticeable? People don't. Well, like so the battery weighs eight pounds. Oh, so, so it's not uh, even a big. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's a non-event. Yeah. When you consider you're putting a hundred and fifty or three hundred sure, sure. pound rider on it, what difference does it make? And the center of gravity is already really high on a bike because your head's the the heaviest part of your body, and that sits on top of your body. So, you know, <laughs> people can say that, that you, true. if you put the battery down low, it gives you it'll handle better. What well, what do you mean handle better? Are you going on the racetrack with it? Uh, what, mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you mean handle better? You can't tell when you're riding a, a, any electric bike really where the center of gravity is. And so these uh, uh, the two wheeled bike is where your company lives right now. We make a three wheeler. Florida. We make a three wheel as well. But yes, ninety five percent of what we sell are two wheels. Okay, and so talk to me about about the three wheel. Why why do you think that the two wheels are more popular than the three wheel versions? From well, what you're learning. So well, the two wheel version is a much natural uh, riding experience for most riders. Uh, the three wheel bike has got some uh, gravity issues because they're a little bit tipsy. No matter how, mm. unless you made it 50 feet long, it's going to mm -hmm. be a little on the tipsy side because there the center of gravity is important. So you tend to want to lean into it when you're riding a bike on a on a three wheel. You have to lean out. So it's counter counter uh, intuitive to most people. Oh, when you have a bike with a sidecar, same, same kind of, of thing. Sidecar, you've got yeah. the same problem. If you turn hard left yeah. and nobody's in that sidecar, <laughs> it can be a very awkward experience. I have been there myself. <laughs> 
What have you, what's been one of the biggest learnings from starting Pedigo? You know, what would you, because, you know, one of the points of this show is, like I said, people doing something very unique and it takes off and it's, what's the thing that, two, it's a twofold question, what's the thing that kept you up at night starting it? And what would you say to Don today when you were starting, when you were Don of starting, <laughs> when you're at the Don of Pedigo? So I'd like to tell you there was one single thing, but the fact is there are multiple things. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a student of Cal State Fullerton, and I learned the four P's of marketing, price, product, promotion, and placement. And the hardest for us was the fourth one, placement. We could get the product lined up. We could get the pricing in line. We could tell people about it, but we really had no place for people to go and buy them. And this is 12 years ago, and the Internet certainly isn't what it is today. But we also right. discovered over a period of time, we tried everything. We tried selling, opening our own direct stores. We tried, uh, we even had home shopping parties. We sold them through scooter shops. Oh, we tried to sell them through bike shops. We had a cool product. We had the right price with everything. Placement, the fourth P of marketing was the most difficult one. And it wasn't until 2011, one of our customers approached us and said, look, I have a, I'd, I'd like to open up a store in Huntington Beach and do nothing but sell pedagos. And I said, gee, what, what don't I like about that idea? Like a Harley Davidson store. And I said, right. there's only one thing I would make a rule. I said, you have to rent them as well. And he said, well, of course I'm going to rent them because the renting is the precursor to the buying. And if you can get people to try one, and since this is a car audience, I'll talk about why I thought renting was so important. A number of years ago, about 15 years ago, I landed at Phoenix Airport and I got up to the rental car counter and they said, Mr. DeCostanza, we are out of full-size car. We're going to upgrade <laughs> you to a luxury car. What's not to like about that? So I, I, they put me in a Chrysler 300 and I drove that Chrysler 300 around for three or four days and I fell in love with it. And I went home and I bought one, the fleet edition, $30,000 car at the time. Three years later, uh, it was time for a new car. I ended up getting the Chrysler uh, 300 uh, Hemi version, $40,000 car. And in the, in the middle of that time, my dad asked me, what do you think of your car? I said, I love it. Let's go for a ride. We ended up at the Chrysler dealership during that ride, and he bought a car. So in that one rental experience that I had at Budget Rent-A-Car, I ended up spending $100,000 with Chrysler. Yeah, they um, sold all these cars. So the moral of that story is get people to try them out. So that that yeah. that that fourth P became self-evident to us. And that year we opened three more. We opened Carlsbad and Corona Del Mar and Redondo Beach. And those became kind of the basis of us now now we have 150 of those stores now open and about Amazing. another 50 in the, in the pipeline and we run it just like an automobile dealership we have a sales department we have a service department we have parts but parts are more accessories than they are parts for the car and then we also offer guided tours and um and, and it just created a, a great business model for what we have so we have sales service accessories tours I left one out. Oh, renting, renting them. So we rent renting. them. So it's like yeah. a rental car operation as well. So all that right. kind of feeds in to make each one of these individual, in some case, mom and pop operations. But we have, just like a car dealership, we have chains of them. We have one guy that has three open and is, is negotiating to open seven more. He wants to yeah. own 10. So it's it's very similar to the car business now. And what and what would you tell yourself now, looking back? What have you learned? Like, what would you tell yourself? that you needed to know. I would go, I would have gone right from the get-go. I would have established Pedigo branded stores and built that concept and done it three years earlier than, than I did it. Isn't that amazing? I think that is a huge learning. And I think that will really help people who are starting something out. It's very similar to Jay, who we had on with the watches. 
you know, you, you, you need to establish the brand right away. Well, so the, that's really the, great advice. The other um, important so thing, the other important thing is today you have to make sure you're Amazon proof because Amazon's taking over so many categories. People get right. their launch on Amazon. They sell their products on Amazon. If they have success, Amazon knocks it off and they learn right. everything from you. I mean, I can't tell you countless examples I've heard of people who had a great product, thought Amazon was gonna be the ticket to their success and it ended up be the ticket to their demise because Amazon just takes it over, takes over the category, mm -hmm. learns all the data, has the customers, owns the customers. Uh, we decided that we wanted to have an Amazon-proof business and you'll never be able to rent a Pedigo on Amazon, you'll never be able to buy a Pedigo on Amazon and you certainly can't get it fixed on Amazon. So when you say that term, Amazon-proof, what would you how would you advise somebody to do that is it just simply not not using that marketplace or how, what was the what were your what would be your advice for that well there's no real uh, one catch off you've got a technology product and you get a patent that'd be one way mm -hmm. to do it but when you've got a product like a bike where there really aren't any patents that you know the electric bicycle was created in in, in the early 1900s there's not a whole lot you can patent on it so right. you've got to protect yourself by your trade name in our case, we've invested heavily in developing the name. When people go out and ride their Pedigo on the weekend, they say, I'm going on my Pedigo. I rode my Pedigo this weekend. If they're riding any of our competitors, it's their e-bike. And I think oh, the same thing is true in the motorcycle business. You know, every category gets one ubiquitous brand. If right. I said electric car, what are you going to say? Well, you say Tesla, or Kleenex for tissues or Levi's for jeans. Yeah, and you yeah, can, and you, coffee so shop. You you, co yeah, coffee shop, what are you going to say? Yeah, right. So you wanted to be the brand that became ubiquitous, synonymous with the product. Exactly. You're saying. Exactly. That's excellent. So that said, uh, tell people how they can find you. Um, well, we have a, you? we have 150 stores uh, nationwide. You can go to pedego.com, P-E-D-E-G-O, P-E-D like pedal, E like E like energy or electricity, and then go. So you pedigo. Pedigo can be a verb. People call it pedagoging. Um, in, in, in Europe, they call it pedago. Um, and so it has a lot of different pronunciations, but we were able to get the URL. Create, I created the name, uh, looked online, found out that some technology company had the URL for about six years and never used it and abandoned it. And then we were able to snap it up. And Google Great. thinks that we've been around since 1993 when somebody bought the URL the original time. I'm sorry, 2000. And are you on the, the platforms as well? Instagram, Facebook? Oh, yes. All that. All the hash, yeah, hashtag Pedigo, Instagram. Uh, yeah, we're, we're more active on Instagram than Twitter, but certainly Facebook. Facebook, we have lots of groups. We have owners groups. Uh, if you own one, you can join that owners group. It's very robust and very active. People post pictures every day where they rode, where they're going to ride, ask people for advice very robust uh, social media. We're pretty much all about community, building the community around each of the yeah, individual pedagogies. That's stores. really nice because it's, it's sort of like how Airstream does with their rallies. Well, Airstream, I went to Airstream's Aluma Palooza uh, and I came up with the Pedago Palooza right after attending that because we build the Airstream bike. We build bikes for Ford. We build the Ford electric bike still under license agreement. Uh, we build Travis Matthew bike and we build the, uh, the, the Airstream version of our bike, which is a brushed aluminum uh, cruiser bike. As well, it's an amazing, it's an amazing brand. Two amazing brands together. Um, thank you very much for sharing the story. I think what we'll do when the pandemic is over and we can be more in the same space, we'll have to do a bit. Uh, we'll have to do a on-site podcast, uh, ride and drive with the bikes themselves. Sure. My my advice to anybody interested in an electric bike: don't buy one until you try it. Go buy them. There, it's like yes. buying a pair of shoes. It's going to be comfortable. And mm -hmm. if you buy one online, you can't return it. Once you get receipt of it, you own it. Once you open the box. Uh, exactly. That's why it's important to try one to test. Our, we make 18 different models and different sizes of each of those models. So you, you want to make sure you get one that you're comfortable and you feel safe on.
Excellent. Well, this has been a pleasure. I've learned a lot, and I hope everybody uh, checks out Pedigo. Certainly, uh, a lot of our viewers are on Instagram, so we will have a link active that you can click on and uh, check them out. And like I said, we'll do a follow-up where we get to ride one. <laughs> Thank you for having Thank me Thank you so on. much, Don. Thank you, Brian. Really grateful. Thank you. Okay, there you have it. The reason we drive by every Thursday here at 1 o'clock for Driven by Design, the one show, the only show that talks about everything driving us today. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station. OCTalkRadio.net. <laughs>